Welcome back to another episode of the Hooligans Pitch. As always, I am your host here with Chad, and we got some crazy things that went down this weekend. Um, Chad, you could say that you and I naturally select what teams we think are going to evolve and adapt into the future. Um, which team this weekend really sparked your interest? I mean, you know, you know the, the team that really um, just showed the most evolution and the willingness to survive mm. against all odds. Mm. <laughs> it's got to be Liverpool, you know? 10 is the new 11, Chad. 10 is the new 11. Who knew? Darwin you know, knew. Darwin knew. <laughs> but, you know, you, you have these incredible managers like Pep, who just like galaxy brain. Yes. Every, every tactic. And who knew all it took was just removing a player. Boom. Within 20 minutes, uh, Whoa. <laughs> remove a player, and we looked like a totally different team. I mean, we, were, we were texting as the game was going on. We literally looked so much better when we lost someone. Yeah, and, well, um, you know, it's not the first the first game that we've seen this season to go that way. <laughs> no, I, I had a list here of all the teams that this happened to, and even last year, ending to the season, mm. um, you know, we were seeing this Arsenal and Fulham. Uh, the big one from this weekend that seemed to spark this new meta that we've not only I don't want to say we created it because you know these teams are creating this this new style of play with ten, but are, are teams just feeling the pressure when they're up a man that they need to do something different or I, I just I think, I, I think it's I think it's the opposite of that. Like I feel like the teams go up a man and then they feel like. Um, maybe you know pressure is off a little bit more because we have the man advantage like this should be this game should be in the bag like it, mm. we're gonna win we're gonna hold it out whatever um so i mean yeah while they they maintain a lot of the pressure and ball control that side with 10 guys they're looking to spring that counter and i mean the liverpool game was the perfect example of that wow. of you know two incredible runs and counters and and, and the perfect pass to find darwin and pretty much the same shot yep. for both goals which is kind of funny that pope let that happen twice <laughs> i thought the defending on the second goal was worse i'm sorry was better um the first goal felt a little lucky with the ball with the ball ricocheting off of uh, i believe it was burns who's getting so, getting torn up back there the ball hit off his calf his butt and then landed perfectly to nunez um of course a little luck is always involved in a game like this uh, but you know what? What did it for me? And I, you know, I, I think you're right. I do think Newcastle might have let off the gas a little going up, and the, the fact that it happened so early, um, you know, it was a lot of time to just keep the game close. Like, that was yeah. I could just I could just tell that was the goal of the game. It's not let it get out of hand. You never know. One goal can happen at the most randomest of times. I thought Newcastle's mistake was taking Gordon out. Um, Easily, yeah, he, he was causing issue. Yeah, he was so aggressive and 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 attacking every ball that was kind of in that neutral zone. Um, you know, when I watched the game back, I was relieved when they took him out. I didn't really catch that the first <laughs> time, but then bringing Nunez on, it was a it was a spark, um, yeah. a total spark that that lifted everyone up. And I, I, I'm still shocked that game went the way it did. Um, again, I had to stop watching around the 70th minute. I didn't give up, but I was like, yeah, not looking great, but I should things to do. I had, I'd had things to do. We had plans made, but I should have known against Newcastle. We have a track record for having these buzzer beater like moments. Um, like last year when, 
uh, we scored a header in the 90th minute. Uh, you know, I was on my, we were playing mini golf. I was on my phone and I saw, I saw, you know, a sad face from you. And I was like, wait, Nunez for sure scored. And I'm, I'm refreshing who scored and Kristen's next to me. I'm like, they tied it. Like, let's go. And then what? 10 minutes later when who scored finally, or when discord started to pop off again, I was like, no way. I was like, there's no, I was like, there's no way. And of course who scored was not updating. It takes forever. But what I did was I went back to the main page and it showed two one. And I was like, okay but i was like but it has to be darwin it like has to be at this rate and then what do you know uh the 2-1 came up i won't lie it made my day so much better uh you know i wasn't going to be down in the dumps but it's crazy what can happen well yeah i mean like you said the red card was so early so it's like we had while it ended up being a good game like it, it for long periods looked like it was just kind of a dead game right like yeah one team's down a man for an hour plus of, right. of game time. Like it, it's never fun to to see those games. Like even even if you're on the benefiting side of that, it's just like kind of gets a little bit stale after a while. But I guess maybe that's what Newcastle is feeling here. They got they felt a little stale out there, and Liverpool is still hungry. Darwin especially, and you know I, I will take some of the credit for subbing Darwin out of my yeah, fantasy yeah. team. That's what did so it. So I took a lot of pressure off of him. Uh, <laughs> So you're welcome for that. <laughs> regrets? Do you have regrets? I mean, I, I will say Diaz, I think, is a good sub no, for the yeah, long term. I mean, yeah, I, I think it's easy to look at this. And, you know, Darwin's got me 1.1 <laughs> 1. 1 point and uh, Diaz got me one and a half points this week. So, like, it's just, it's just the fantasy <laughs> way the cards fall you know sometimes <laughs> everyone has that moment and this was your moment and you got you know what you got rid of it early still a yeah. long way to go um I, there's so much to dissect in this game though i guess i guess we can kind of go in order uh trent's error uh leading to their first goal that was oh my yeah. gosh i wanted to almost i kind of did scream not scream but i was definitely like oh and, and Kristen's yeah. sister's here and she was like oh man like this is what happens on on Sunday mornings or Saturday, whatever Sunday morning. Yeah. Um, it's like yeah, it's pretty normal, pretty normal day. And then minutes later, Virgil's tackle, which I'm still conflicted about. Um, did he absolutely clobber Isaac? Uh, yes. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say like clobber, but like he went goes through him. He goes through him. Yeah. I mean, I think Isaac definitely fell harder than what he needed to, how he needed to fall. Mm-hmm. Just the way his body was spinning. And the way Virgil was attacking the ball, he got Isaac first, but Isaac also didn't get the ball either. And then and then Virgil did. It was a huge collision. At least from my point of view, it looked like a bigger collision. Yeah. I just the red card felt so harsh and I was like, okay, yeah, he was the last man to goal. He just didn't get the ball enough for me to to for it to be a straight red. I felt so like angry about it but i understand i understand the decision especially looking at it in slow motion um if it would have been a yellow do you think it would have been upgraded to a red um i mean yeah i think i don't think so much the uh the contact and like foul itself is necessarily red worthy but i think just because he was last man he was like you can argue like in on goal right like you could you know pretty much top of the box there so i think that's where they're getting the red from and like i mean yeah if it was given a yellow initially i think it definitely would have been one where uh var calls them over to the screen to double check it and then then when you get into the slow-mos i think yeah it, it 
looks more a red than anything. It hurt. It hurt. And it was, I believe, the first time Virgil's got a car, a red card, uh, straight red in 76 games. Um, right. So it's not something that happens very often. I think, you know, he told the ref off quite a bit, which is now coming to our attention that he might be banned for a little bit longer. The, Ridiculous. The speculation is four games. Um, Ridiculous. <laughs> I, you know, it's wild because I was reading some other news and i don't remember the exact player i think it was a random player but he touched noses with a ref in a different league and all he got was a three-game ban with the red card so to add another game on top of this just because he's telling the ref he's stupid and you know a little worse than that a little more vulgar but i don't know i feel like we've seen so much worse and had to be less punished it it feels um feels like the incorrect punishment right like it's it came off a very you know, high-pressure, tense, like, emotional situation, right, where Virgil thinks he's been unfairly sent off. He's gonna... I mean, he he is captain of Liverpool, yep. right? Mm-hmm. So, like, if anything, he's the one person that's able to talk to For you sure. with, with a little bit more wiggle room in, in how he communicates, right? Um, maybe don't go off on the ref, but, like, again, you know, it's it's a elite athlete in a you know, game mindset, um, emotions are running high, this thing happens, you know, he, he knows, like, now he's being sent off, and, and, well, not more often than not this season, but generally, you know, the, <laughs> the team of 10 men uh, ends up losing that game, mm-hmm. um, so, you know, it's, it's dropped points that, you know, Liverpool's looking pretty good before that, so, um, I don't know, I feel like extending the the game ban is the wrong punishment if you want to do a punishment just like do a fine and sure. i know that they make a lot of money and, and the fines are kind of meaningless but like that feels more in line with what you should be what your repercussions should be for like getting angry and saying some choice words to the ref right, right. didn't push him didn't touch him yeah didn't elbow him like back in the day how refs <laughs> would do to players yeah. um so yeah I, and, and then you know, Trent getting the yellow card in the first five minutes, too. Like, I was just, I was spiraling. That, that was a weird one. That was too. a weird one. Because, so I turned the game on, like, a few minutes late and, like, missed the actual yellow. I came in, well, I came in right as he, like, threw the ball back into the field. Mm-hmm. Um, so I saw him, like, get the yellow for that. But then you watch, like, the actual play, and Gordon, like, you know, like, kind of shoulder checks him in the back. For sure. Causing him to, to you know, fly out of the field. I think that's more a foul than ah, why not, yeah. throwing throwing the ball back in. I get they're trying to cut down on time wasting and all that, but um, you know, it, then we had a, a, a situation similar to Tommy Asu last weekend where Trent got this time wasting yellow card, then commits some level of a foul maybe uh, after that, and, and you know Newcastle wants a, another yellow and send him off at I don't know what was that going to be like eight minutes in or roughly. something? Yeah, roughly. So I'm glad for Liverpool and Trent's sake, like, the refs seem to have learned from the Tomiyasu situation, like, <laughs> but at the same time, I think the foul was really Gordon on on Trent, not Trent throwing the ball back into the field. <laughs> yeah, Gordon was never getting to that ball, and he definitely led his body into Trent unnecessarily. He didn't need to do that. There was no reason. Um, so I understand the, the anger behind Trent at that point. I'm glad his frustration didn't get the best of him. It seemed like when Virgil went out and Trent got the armband, it almost cooled him off. Um, You know, he was now the man in charge and 
they did what they had to do. Uh, just a wild game. Super crazy from start to finish. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's uh, as good as, like, we've talked about Darwin. Like, Allison in the back was just making some stupid saves yep. to keep Liverpool in this thing. Yep. And, um, you know, from so, yeah, front and back kept the team in there. I mean, midfield was holding it down as best they could, um, you know, without the, the extra man. But I think just, like, Newcastle pushed that first half for another goal and, and Liverpool hung on. But it seemed like all second half, Newcastle just, like, then they were in cruise control. They were like, all right, let's just see out the, you know, 1-0 victory. They're down a guy. We'll be fine. And then yeah. fell asleep a little bit. Darwin's in. He's he's quick. He's wants to score. And boy, did he score. He's only got a little bit of time in the season. So mm-hmm. for him to come in and score a brace that quickly, Big. perfect. That's what we want from our seven forwards that we have. You know, come in, <laughs> this crazy burst of energy. Um you know, the Newcastle backline isn't the the youngest defense mm-hmm. in the world. Um, I believe Burns in his 30s, Trippier's in his 30s, Char's in his 30s. Only young one is Botman. Uh, yeah, Burns is 31, uh, Char 31, Trippier 32. So okay, yeah. we got youth on our side in our, our front three with Gakpo, Diaz, sure. Nunez. I mean, those guys are so fast. And um, I, I do think the Diaz pick will, will – he just got subbed out because he – he had to. They, they needed more defense, and someone, yeah. he was the one. So I, I wouldn't look into that too much. Um, this is now Salah's ninth game in a row with a goal-creating opportunity. Um, nice. So, he, you know, he hasn't been putting up the numbers he's put in the past, but he's been making sure he's he's been able to create something for his team. And um, arguably, I'd give him two yesterday, but one hit off the defender, so that's why I didn't count. I saw that. So I, yeah, I saw that, and I was like, I think he's got two, and then I went and watched, and I was like, "Oh, come yeah, on. <laughs> it's a silly, it's a silly rule." I, I you know, he, he yeah. started that. If that weren't for that pass, this would have never happened. So, exactly, you know, give him credit off off the stat sheet. Um, he knows what he did. Yeah, he knows. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I guess I guess we can kind of lead this into the Arsenal game because Arsenal was on the wrong side of this problem, and yes. I I, I want to think that. We we're kind of on the same page of why that happened. For me, it was when Odegaard came out. I didn't think that was the right time to do it. This game was still, both teams were still fighting. It didn't seem very straightforward, end of game situation. Uh, I believe Jorginho came on for Odegaard at that point. I'm going to double check that. But that was just the moment for me when I said, uh-oh. Like, that's that's the, oh yeah, it was Jorginho. That was the wrong time. That was right after the red card happened. And then, you know, we had six minutes to the 90, and then we got another plus nine, I think it was, that game. Um, So lots of time, and the unfortunate happened. Yeah. um, I mean, yeah, the the issues were deeper than just that sub. Um, You know, on the day, it seemed a lot of, um, I guess, like, carelessness is a little bit the word that I'm I'm looking for. Like, um, just some poor passing, some, some bad movements, like um, positioning was a little bit weird for some guys, like especially, you know, first minute in, um, we're playing this Thomas Partey as the inverted right back role right now, which um, on paper should work. Like Partey has right back experience, plenty of midfield experience. Um, but I just think it's not worth losing the, uh, 
the partnership that Ben White and and Bikayo Saka have made over the past season. Sure. And, and plus some, you know. Um, just because, like, I don't know that Saka gets time to look up where he's passing at that moment, but it's that instinctual of, I'm on the wing here, my right back will be here, and I'm just passing, you know, out of danger, and someone should be there. Um, but in this case, you know, Thomas Partey had already, like, tucked into the midfield, basically, and gave Saka no real outlet, so I think it was... It looks to me like it would be more of a little bit of a blind pass, hmm. um, which then, of course, Pereira jumps on. And um, the U.S. commentators were saying he messed up his shot, but I think that was very purposeful. Pereira's shot? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They were saying oh. he didn't. They were saying he didn't catch it right. Like, um, got in and like got lucky that it ended up going in. But I think it was a very purposeful shot. Uh, I saw Ramsdale's weight shifted far to the left. I would have. Cur- yeah. I don't understand why they would have thought that was a mess up. I mean, I, I assume they think you know the easy shot is to yeah you know go for the more open side of goal, which would be the side that the Ramsdale's running to at that point. Right. And I get like it's not like the sweetest hit, but you you don't exactly need a sweet hit in that situation. But um, yeah, I don't know. They and they like kept going on about how he just didn't get a shot right and got lucky that went in sort of thing. I was like, I don't think so. I mean, yeah, I read it the same as you. As he sees Ramsdale running back basically across goal. So if you try and hit that near post, not only is Ramsdale still running back the opposite way, but now he has to stop and shift his weight and try and get over, which he, you know, tries, but sneaks the ball in that near post. So I, to me, that shot was perfectly executed exactly as Pereira wanted. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I guess only he knows, but <laughs> I, I just watched it again here, and and there is someone running back door too. So uh, Ramsdale was he, he had nowhere to go. He was he was screwed. Yeah. Where like yeah. where is he supposed to go if he if he protects near post where Pereira is going? Pereira is going to dump it off to the weak side runner uh, mm-hmm. who has w- plenty of space. Um, so I thought Ramsdale was actually I think he did what he he had to do. He was trying to set up in the middle of the goal box to protect both sides. Yeah. Unfortunately, his weight was going so far to the left, but he didn't have anywhere else to go. And Pereira placed it where he needed to place it. Ah, screw those commentators! Yeah. Like that's that's ridiculous. <laughs> and the, and I just I just saw a headline saying Ramsdale blunder. Um. Oh no. Um. How certainly is, not a. Like if, if you're gonna put a blunder on anyone, it, it's Sokka's pass, right? He, absolutely. Like, he basically assists Pereira with that, like a straight, you know, pass to him almost. So. Um, but, you know, all bad things come with some good. <laughs> so Arsenal now are record setters, as you will find out. Um, first team to allow three goals in the first minute in a calendar year. I said that stat out loud to Kristen the other day. She's like, that's not a good stat. And I was like, I never said it was a good stat. Well, look, someone's got a set of records, so it might as well be us. Hey, hell yeah. What, what, do, you, do you know the other games? Uh, Southampton last season mm. and uh, Bournemouth last season. Now, do you, did you win those games? Uh, Southampton was a draw, I'm pretty sure, and Bournemouth was the like 96 minute. Oh, Reese, Reese, yep, yep, yeah, okay, yeah. So, um, but I mean, yeah. Beyond all that, um, I like overall. I don't think Arsenal played terrible it was just a lot of just individual errors mm-hmm. um just really felt like one of those games where like nothing was going to go in and you know it, it kind of took a lot to get that going right like 
Um, you know, you, you took a penalty kick to, to really get it going, and then, um, you know, red card kind of helped the situation a little bit, which that dude, for your second yellow, like... What are you doing? <laughs> you, you got your other defender right next to you. Like, let him go. Let Eddie go past. Hope your other guy can catch him, or you can catch up to him, or, or you know, Leno gets a stop. Like, I I mean, it, it, they got away with the point in the end, so I guess it's fine. But, like, to just, like, bear hug the dude <laughs> and take the second yellow seems like just not the best. I mean, they're playing, move, they're, playing Ameri- they're ready for American football season, Chad. They're ready, yeah. they're ready to make some tackles. For real, you know. He did his uh, fantasy team the night before. <laughs> he was in the wrong mindset. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, I will say, though, that that tackle... It kind of it kind of saved their game. If Ketia goes off, oh my gosh, we forgot to crack stuff. I'm Chad, waiting, but man, I'm so thirsty. Chad, <laughs> I was so eager to talk Liverpool. Yeah. Well, we'll, well. quick pause for our sponsors. Uh, <laughs> what are you having? Uh, one of my faves, Belching Beaver. Um, sorry. Um, oh yeah. Bride. Oh yeah. 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 A classic. Um, well, I was going to do a little Members Mark Black Cherry Pomegranate uh, seltzer, mm. but you know what, Chad? I'm thirsty now. Yeah. I'm What's thirsty. he got? I'm thirsty. God, my, my apologies. I'm, I'm rough today. It's Monday. <laughs> I haven't had a break. I'm off my jam. Uh, we're doing a little Backyard Hero by Sudwork. Mm, okay. Uh, a little nice. t- taste from home. We're going big boy. It's a lager, so it's it's nothing to worry yeah. about. It's four o'clock. Yeah, yeah. Three three fifteen on a Monday afternoon. Don't tell anybody. Um, <laughs> so I mean Bummer for Arsenal. Good for Fulham. Again, I think Fulham's still yeah. possibly gonna be one of the bottom five teams this year. Yeah. I mean I, I think this result was fair con- considering this game. Like um, you know, Fulham did well to kinda put the pressure on Arsenal and, and you know got the early goal um, Arsenal fought back but it just a lot of little mistakes and, yeah. and not taking the chances so you know a draw is probably fair um, it's yeah, early I don't know well, I, I'm interested to see what Arteta does next week against United um, I'm really expecting Ben White to be back on right back and uh, Rice and Partey in, in the middle and, mm-hmm. instead of this weird formation he's trying to work right now um <laughs> it's experimenting yeah. it's experimenting yeah. like crazy I, I get what he's he's going for and you know trying to have players be pretty fluid in positions like all over the pitch but and i get why he's doing it in these first couple games because like these games should have been ones that were easy wins although none of them really have been straightforward wins <laughs> for arsenal so far um I don't know. I think you just got to go back to like what you know a little bit and just kind of stabilize and then, you know, maybe work in one little tweak here and there rather than, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're, you're shifting Thomas Partey to right back to invert, but then you also have Kai Havertz in this midfield role where he's like basically playing a new position because he's been playing striker for the past however many years. And, you know, then you're, you're left back like, yeah, Timber went out injured. So that kind of got a, uh, a wrench in it and Zinchenko's coming back so like that whole side's kind of a mess right now so I think it's just too much change going on right now and things just don't feel fluid and uh, don't feel like they're they're clicking like they were last season certainly I, I'd argue that no one has had a straightforward win this season or at least the first three games no one's had yeah. a, a straightforward three games um, even the champions which we can either jump into them right now uh, which yeah. might, might not be a bad thing I, 
they don't look like this year's champions. I know three games, small sample size, but mm-hmm. they look rough, man. Against Sheffield, they they struggled to get anything going. Them not starting Foden was a odd choice. Yeah. Um, Holland, a lot of terrible touches, not hitting the frame on a lot of opportunities he probably should have. Their best player is Rodri by miles. Um, but the rest of that squad just doesn't look like they're in sync with each other, not on the same page, despite them winning all three games. I, I, I feel like this is a team that is very uh, beatable. Um, mm-hmm. You know, yeah. they, it, there's opportunities there. For sure. Because, um, I mean, last season and, and kind of for so long, but especially last season, like when things weren't going well, well, the bailout was like that collection of De Bruyne, Gundogan, and Hollins. You lost two of those. Holland is as much of he might be a robot. He needs a little reset every now and then. And this sure. is one of those games. You had to turn him off, turn him back on. Um, yeah, I just they they feel a little bit like they're trying to find like a new identity almost, right? Like kind of, yeah. They're trying to find someone to step into that De Bruyne role. You know, Grealish is doing well on the wing, creating. Um, you know, Bernardo Silva's pretty good uh i think foden probably has the most connection with holland like it seemed like so often when he comes in or is on the fields him and holland work together well to to get a goal so it is surprising he's not just you know the second name on the list after after holland um but yeah nothing like I, i haven't seen any like pounding like we we know the city team could do in you know last season especially they barely got away with beating Newcastle. Mm-hmm. They did their jobs against Burnley, and they barely did their jobs against the other promoted team in Sheffield. It's yeah. you know Holland reminds me of Batman, and Batman does need a Robin eventually. He's sure. gonna need he's gonna need his Robin this year, and I don't know who that is yet. Pep Pep, Pep hasn't decided who that's gonna be. We thought it was gonna be Foden yeah. last week. Um, yeah. You know, Grealish could maybe be that person right now. Uh, I think Rodri wishes he could play maybe higher. I mean, Rodri has the, the tempo of that dude is amazing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just crazy. Their their midfield kind of just evaporated out of nowhere, and <laughs> like they're all just gone, and no yeah. one no one really saw that coming. Um, you know, I guess we can kind of say we did with De Bruyne, but the Gundogan and the Mares picks are they're gone too, and it's just I think those. Those players not being there is going to hurt them in the long run. They're barely beating newly promoted teams. Yeah. You shouldn't be that and if you're the champion. I mean, it's like we said, um, I think last week, is, you know, they just they don't have great depth at the moment either. Um, so it's like you kind of start with your team, and, you know, Pep's already for a few seasons now been the guy that just, like, doesn't always want to make subs for whatever reason. But, like, Again, you know, look at their their sub list for this weekend was their newest signing, Doku, who maybe had one training session with the team. He's not coming in. Right. You know, uh, you got Oscar Bob. <laughs> Great name. <laughs> Are you serious? That's really his name? Oscar Bob, yeah. Oh, wow. Um, Sergio Gomez, Calvin Phillips, who some for whatever reason they bought and just... I don't know how he's still there <laughs> to take up a sub spot, I guess. Yep. Um, you know, James Mac- McAtee, um, Cole Palmer, I know is Good promising, yeah. but 
Um, Rico Lewis is promising, but Young. So like, I mean, yeah, you're 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 playing your your striker and backup striker right now, right? In in, in Holland and Alvarez. So you lose one of those, let's say, to injury or suspension, then you have an even bigger problem of like. I don't know. I, I mean, I guess Doku should be up to speed at that point, hopefully. But, like, I just... They got no one to really come in and, and try and save the day or, or spark something. It's just a lot of youth on their bench, and it's, like, maybe too young. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'd argue that. And I think Doku's going to take some time to understand the the physicality of Premier League and mm-hmm. it's going to be very different from the French League where I feel like not a lot of uh, I don't want to say there's not a lot of tackling going on but the tackles are just going to be much different here sure, um, and then to see Holland miss a PK I kind of saw that coming too just because of how their their body language has kind of been showing the last couple of weeks and just not mm-hmm. the, the confidence has just not been there um and, you know, they still have Bernardo Silva, but he's been rumored to be out of that club, it feels like, the last three years. So I don't know where <laughs> he's at so. mentally. Yeah. Um, I honestly thought this would be the summer he would go. And I guess, what, there's still a couple days left where that could happen. But I I, I don't know. I don't I don't think it will. Because um, Pep needs to hold on to everyone he has now. So Yeah. I, uh, I think this team will get really interesting once, you know, Champions League starts up and uh, FA Cup rounds come through. Like, you just, you don't got... A lot of 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 guys to call on right now, and um, you know, last season was already a lot of games to to go all the way in three competitions. Like that's a lot of a lot of game time in the legs, and you know, over summer they're taking yeah a little bit of a break, but still got the international games they play, and and then right in the preseason, and I don't know. I I mean, if there was going to be a year for them to miss out on the Premier League title it makes sense it would be this year because you're coming off of your like most winning year and yeah it's just the easy script writing of like well then they suck the next year like (laughs) no one's gonna be well everyone's actually gonna be really happy about it I don't think City you know I think as long as they get a Champions League spot I don't think they'll mind um but I was kind of I was going through their team when I was watching them play I'd argue their defense is their strongest point of their team right now and it hasn't been that way in what felt like years um, it'll be interesting to see if he, you know, we'll see Stones probably play a more central defensive role like he did last year. But yeah. hell, will he, will he make that with Diaz too and kind of keep this, this <laughs> just push everyone into the midfield? Vardio, I mean, Vardio was playing really high up the other day, so yeah, I, I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what they do. I just need, I want to see them play a higher quality team than the two out of three they've played. I don't think mm. Castle is the same team as they are last year. Um, yeah. I, you know, not. I just don't think they got the players they they should have gotten. Uh, Gordon again. Gordon was the best player, but I thought that was a strange one. They lost Saint Maximum, which again hurt a lot last year. But when he was on, he was on. Uh, the Tonali pick. I'm really. I, I like him a lot. Um, yeah. But you know, Sabasly from Liverpool. I would take him any day over this guy. Ugh, uh, so oh, dude, it's so. Did you see that dribble he had through a couple players? It's just like beautiful. <laughs> oh, he's so good. Um, again, we're sidetracking off of what we're supposed to be talking about, but man, we're just little fanboys. <laughs> well, uh, look, um, not to, to to force the segue, but uh, City's first big test comes in two weeks when they take on number two team West Ham. Dude, okay. <laughs> 
let's talk some West Ham. Uh, I feel like we owe an apology. I'm so sorry. <laughs> we uh, we maybe got ahead of ourselves. Um, you know, we we didn't we didn't see what David Moyes saw. No, he, he was he did the uh, the uh, oh god um, the superhero. He can see things. He had to look through like forty million variations. Oh, and, Doctor and Strange. Doctor Strange. Yeah, 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 yeah. He went full <laughs> multiverse on everyone. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> great, great comparison, Chad. He said, "James Ward Prowse will save us." And That's it. honestly, though, why didn't everyone think that? Can't <sighs> tell you. Um, it's just shocking. Imagine this team with Declan Rice. Uh, it would have been scary. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, I mean, just as last week we were saying, Brighton's looking real scary. Brighton's what just destroying the? teams. West Ham just strolls in away to Brighton and just Thumps claps them. them, you know. <laughs> Ends 3-1, but it really is, you know, 3-0 for majority of that game. Like, <laughs> I also, I want to apologize personally to Jared Bowen. <laughs> too, too. <laughs> I've been on, like, not not a hate train, but just like a why? Like why would you pick him? Well, three weeks in, top scorer in our league for forwards, Jared Bowen, absolutely killing it. <laughs> I, I I know we saw we saw West Ham really click at the end of last year. Mm-hmm. I think we put maybe too much value on Rice. Um, not saying he's not a great player. Not saying he's worth the price that he. I mean, he might be worth that price. Mm-hmm. But I think we thought he was this West Ham glue. And obviously, sure. he's not that much glue to that team because they're clicking on every cylinder right now. That that Mikel Antonio goal was so nice. Yeah. The turn, the the shimmy, the blast oh, of the right leg just sends him the wrong way. What? <laughs> what? That was crazy. And then and then Ward Prowse, you know, setting up the goals last week and now making what they, they called him the executioner this week that's a great that's a great nickname i love that name yeah, for him because he's yeah. just so nice and then his his celebration with the golf club and the mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so good i just yeah, got goosebumps yeah. for that team how dare they they just yeah they're, they're clicking firing on all cylinders like i mean you go away to brighton i think you expect a, a closer game right like for sure brighton's known to stumble every now and then but I mean, you just started your season with what, like, two games were four nil or four one or something like that. Like, we were literally. Uh, I was like t- Brighton title favorites, and now I'm like, real? well, West Ham title favorites. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but yeah, James Ward Prowse came in there. Looks like he's been there the entire time he's been at Southampton. You yeah. know, it, it it just fits so perfect, and um, you know, it's. I was wondering if they would be able to play. Um, Pakata and and James Ward Prowse well together, and and so far it's working pretty good. You know they got some good creativity in the midfield now, and um, Susek in, in, is in there too, and getting plenty of tackles and interceptions. And I don't know, it, it, not that like you needed to get rid of Rice to let this happen, but I think it maybe just clears up some some maybe like roles right where it's mm-hmm. like before is rice and, and suit check in the back and it's like we're both kind of defensively minded but like sometimes we'll go up sometimes we won't and i think that maybe left them a little bit exposed whereas now it's like james or prouse is like i'm definitely going to step up 
before you do. And Suchek is like, okay, cool. Like, I'm staying back. I'm good to, to hold down the midfield while you go up. I think it just maybe made you know everything a little bit more clear for the midfield and um, uh, that just it's paying off. That brought up a great point in the fact that Rice can be Susek and James Ward Prowse. Mm-hmm. It just depends on the team. What, what does the team need from him? And with Susek being a six six giant and Ward Prowse <laughs> being a, a setup master. Um, you know, they're able to definitely uh, make their roles more clear. Um, there isn't as confusion as who needs to go up, who needs to drop back. Now, Susek, I don't know if you saw, got injured this game. He uh, he took a knock to the head that was not pretty. Um, it was a great, beautiful ball by Ward Prowse on a free, on a, uh, on a free kick. Mm-hmm. Susek went up, got absolutely clobbered, um, and... It, it, <laughs> He didn't necessarily get knocked out. Like, you know the Drogba when he gets hit in the head by the keeper? And I was like, hell, it wasn't like that. But it yeah. was enough to where he was a little wobbly-legged. So he had to come out. Um, okay. But So I'm going to keep my eye on that because I've been watching. Susek's been great to start this season. Yeah. Um, and I, I hope that doesn't alter what they're doing. But he went out and they scored two more goals shortly. And not shortly after, but they scored two more after him. So it's not like he yeah. was a big – and Brighton's such an attacking team. Um. So I was, yeah, I was shocked to see them put three on Brighton. Um, we didn't see Steele. Steele's out right now, and I know Steele's yeah. been pretty solid. Was he injured, or was it just? Yeah, I believe he got injured. Um, okay. I can check that see, though. Yeah, I saw there was a, a change back there, and I didn't know. So now, like last season, Sanchez was starting, then all of a sudden didn't, and then it was Steele forever, and like I didn't know if that was happening again. Or if he he got injured, but um, I mean that'll definitely play a part in you know defensively Brighton looking a little bit more shaky. Just new keeper, not used to the back line, not used to the calls and stuff. And um, but still, like go down three nil at home and you know yeah save one goal, but uh, gotta do better. <laughs> All right, Chad, news is in. Steele was benched. That's a bad move. Why bad are they doing move. this? Two years in a row. I just it. It doesn't make any sense. Like, at this point, you started the season so strong, you might as well kind of roll with that squad, right? Especially like in these first few games, you know, there's no FA Cup or, or Carabao Cup to. To get in the way and, and you know uh, mess with people's fitness, but uh, to change just to change is a risk, and it clearly didn't pay off this week. But so, so I guess he made comments earlier in the season, as in three to four weeks ago, that he's going to do a fifty-fifty split depending on form, which is sure. I, but I, <laughs> why not fitness? Yeah. Like I, I don't like how like that can screw with the keeper's mind. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah that, I mean, I guess that's he, a weird one. He, he's trying to, you know, get some some competition back there um, between keepers to you know keep them at a both at a high level. But I don't know. I feel like like goalkeeping is one of those weird positions where it's like it's just not as interchangeable as a lot of other positions are. Um, you know, especially because 
you generally have the you know same four defensive unit in front of you. They know your calls. You know how they generally position. It all kind of works together. Where now, if you just are changing keeper just because, I don't know. I, I don't think it's a, a worthy risk. You know. I think for keepers, the less you see the ball in high action, the more your uh, agility skills. Even I seen is is gonna drop because you're just not getting that rep the the repetitions. Sure. Um, that's a weird one. We'll, we'll have to pay attention to that. So Steele yeah. got the first two starts, and then Bart got the second one or the third one. Excuse me. Yeah. Uh, I, I'd be livid if I was Steele in this situation. I mean, I think that's yeah. When you go up to the coach and be like, "Look, I may have led in a goal or two, but we didn't lose." <laughs> so. I, I'll be interested to see. Yeah, if yep. if is he just going to do like a two game? He literally said. Swap? He literally said <laughs> it's going to be a fifty fifty split, depending on who I think is better suited for the teams we play. What that means, very vague. That can mean that can mean okay. that can mean so much. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll keep our eyes on that. But credit to to West Ham for being the second best team in the Premier League right now. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> Crazy, Crazy. Um, and then okay, so Tottenham. Tottenham. Are they the tater tots? They're not likable, are they, Chad? Likable, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> That's not a question. Are they playing well right now? I think they're playing well right now. <laughs> Would you argue they're the third best team in the Premier League under, um, under City and, and West Ham? Third best. I'll rephrase the question. Do you think they're the third third best gelled team right now? And I don't third even have to think I don't think gelled. City's I don't think City's first. Um yeah, I'd I'd say they, they definitely like they kinda look like West Ham right now where everything is just kinda clicking, yep. even with, you know, some new additions and stuff. Um Yeah, I mean they're they're playing well and you know we knew James Madison creates a lot, so bringing him into the team was a great move. And, um, you know, he he made a, a nice little deeper run from midfield to get onto a goal uh, in this game. And, you know, it, it it's Bournemouth, so it's not like top-end competition. But, I mean, still, you go away to Bournemouth and, you, you know, pretty easily put two goals past them mm-hmm. and, and, and shut up shop. So, um yeah, I mean, Bournemouth definitely had some looks, though. So, like, I, I don't think Tottenham looks unbeatable or or, or anything like that. But, um, you know, it's definitely it's definitely pretty much the start you want to your season. You know, no losses, one draw in there. But, you know, that's just as good. And um, scoring goals, most importantly. So, sure. I think that they look good right now. We'll see if it, uh, if it can hang on. Um, I know they got some some younger guys in there so it might just be against some of the lower table teams they they can do it but then when you get a little bit higher it gets a little shakier but we'll have to see well this was kulishevsky's first goal in the last 27 games which is Damn. wild because we tracked him last year and i feel like he had such a hot start and then yeah obviously he hit that cold spell um so i just want to i want to bring this to your attention last year top four teams at this point in the season, uh, Arsenal, City, Tottenham. Can you guess the fourth? Three games in? Yep. 
Um... Newcastle? Shout out to Zach. Leeds United was third <laughs> three weeks in. So, Chad, wow. at, at this rate, Tottenham or West Ham could get relegated. <laughs> well, would you bet on okay, it? So, I mean, maybe our, our West Ham gets relegated prediction is not wrong. <laughs> I would say the quality is much better than what Leeds had. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't have Leeds uh, who they played. Um, their first couple games last year, but I, I just found that to be pretty interesting. That, um, and then of course it went Brighton, Newcastle, Fulham, and we saw a Fulham fall off, and then Leeds obviously fell off like crazy. But um, we just have to remember that three weeks in, it don't it don't mean a whole lot. But uh, you know they're still clicking. Um, I'm going to be watching them very closely. Every game that Tottenham and West Ham play, at least for the next month, I'm going to be trying to watch. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're two squads that um, I think a lot of people will have overlooked and probably underestimated this season. Um, and, I mean, yeah, they, they, they've started very strong. So yep, um, they could be kind of that sleeper pick to, to take some points off big teams or, or sneak their way into the top four or, or, you know, have a good FA Cup run or something. But we'll see. All right, let's let's jump to uh, another team that got a red card and ended up losing. Um, Forest against United. Ugh. Great start for Forest. They oh. almost had it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, talk about giving away a goal in the first minute. Give away two goals in what six minutes, eight minutes? It was. Now you you want to talk about a blunder? Onana's sit down and fall over looking like he didn't try, he didn't do anything he just he literally fell over while they were attacking him um yeah. that was bad keeping you, the comparison between Ramsdale and that are incomparable uh yeah. so so Forrest with the crazy hot start um god i i i knew united was going to come charging back yeah it's just so much time and yeah. the quality just, between Forrest and united is just so so vast. Yeah, I, I think if if this game was played, um, you know, at at, at Forest, it was at home. I think they probably could have pulled it out. But I think having you know all the the whole stadium basically behind United to yeah. to get something from this game is just that extra little push. Um, and then I mean, yeah, they do have quality players in there. Um, that clearly you know have the capability to step up when they need to and. Um. Yeah, bummer. Forrest couldn't get over the line with it, but I think they just kind of just kind of lost their heads a little bit as as United started to come back into the game and um, started getting a little disorganized. And I mean, they give away the the penalty at the end there, and bummer. Yep. <laughs> yep. But Willie Bolly, great game. Uh, four tackles, one interception, one block, eight clearances, and a goal. I'm gonna be keeping my eye on him because I'm not. I'm not feeling too awesome about Matt Turner, not because of who Matt Turner is, just because of what Forrest is yeah. um, and the quality of other keepers, which we'll talk about this weekend. Uh, there's just so many good keepers out there that are just getting wild points. And unfortunately, the shots they're taking on Forrest are going in. There's just yeah. not, not a lot of room for, uh, for Matty T to save a lot. Um, again, credit to their defense for at least not letting teams shoot a lot, but when they're getting the shots, 
he's not stopping them, um, which is a, a bummer. But, hey, it happens, especially to a keeper who hasn't started consistently in the Premier League. But I, I'm going to hold out. We're okay right now, but I, I'm watching closely. Um, yeah, I wanted them to get it so bad, but it happens. Once I once I saw the screenshot of 2-0, I was like, ah. Yeah, it's dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> most dangerous lead. <laughs> Um, all right, well, do you have anything else to say about that game? I'm kind of... Not really. I mean, yeah, just... Business as usual. United just started slow, and, you know, once they finally woke up, they were able to get back in. And um, So, yeah, not all, all too surprising. Ra- Rashford's been quiet. He had an yeah. assist, but he's been pretty quiet. Been pretty quiet, so... I don't know. Keep an eye on him as far as my fantasy team goes. Oh, you, you so got I'll him? I'll sub him out, and then he'll, like pop off well, but you know. let me know when you sub him out i might sub him yeah. in <laughs> okay chad i want to talk about my favorite performance of the week yeah jose saw the wolves that relegation battle dude it was tasty dude saw <laughs> was incredible he had mm-hmm. i want to say two to three maybe even four occasions when he had to pull off a double or a triple save his saves, he was so off balance yet totally in control. Everton was losing their minds whenever he would stop a shot, especially the the flick one, the flick over the goalpost with yeah. him in the air. Like the keeper in me just getting chills right now. Um, <laughs> I, I want to nominate him for player of the week. Uh, he put up has to be a record amount of points without saving a PK in our league for a keeper. Um, I had to triple check my math because of how wild that was. Uh, was was that was that as special for you as it was for me? I mean, yeah, it's especially a game like that where you know both teams up till now have been struggling to to really do anything. Um, it could have very easily ended, you know, nil nil or or even the one nil as it did, but just you know, no no real excitement in the game. Um, so for it to kind of be a little bit back and forth, but mm-hmm. especially like Everton really pushing for the goal and then just saw like the one man machine in defense to to keep Wolves in the game and uh you know, not with, with easy saves like like Arsenal against Fulham, every shot they had on target was pretty much straight at Leno. So yeah. it was like he's making saves but not asking too much of him. But like here, like you said, you know, Saw's making double saves on multiple occasions, diving like into his net while flicking the ball up over and like just the craziest saves. So fun to watch, you know. Just uh, it, it it's one of those performances where I always think about the people that like don't really watch soccer or football or anything and like just assume it's always boring and like this is one of those performances where you could just like show his highlight reel of just this game and be like, tell me that was boring. Cause it, you can't, <laughs> no, there's no way. And those, and those are two arguably the worst teams in the premier league at this moment. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they put on a show. Well, I should say Jose saw put on a show, Jose um, saw, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but one worth watching. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, I definitely agree with you, uh, nominating him for, for player of the week. Um, I got some other contenders, but I think I think Saw might there. might be in the lead there. Um, you know what's crazy too, and we're gonna go a little little off topic from EPL, but uh, Portuguese goalkeepers. There's been 
quite a few in the past. And I'd argue Saw is one of the better Portuguese uh, keepers we've seen. He's only yeah. played nine games for them. Yeah, I think he's. Uh, I think he just kind of gets overlooked because he's not playing at like you know United or Arsenal or PSG or any you know big team. Um, Couldn't you argue though that because he's on these worst teams, he has to perform so much harder and better? And, he definitely and could. <laughs> the, the nine starts he's had with Portugal, Chad, he's had six clean sheets. So. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I don't know if I feel for you know, maybe maybe they're looking for a, a keeper who's more controlled with his feet and, you know, can play out the back easier. And um, I don't know, maybe Saw can do that, but that's just like not really how Wolves play. Yeah. Um, but again, at the end of the day, his job is to really just stop the ball from going in the net and he's very good at it. So it, it seems wild that he he doesn't get more looks in the national team the main moment from the world cup last year was watching uh i i can't recall his name but the, the portuguese goalkeeper who started and had the blunder that almost cost yeah. them that just stands out in my my mind so much whenever i talk about their keepers um <laughs> and i'm pretty sure that keeper is worth a lot of money yeah uh you know it, it's I think it's just you get attached to some big name teams and you're assumed to be really good at that point and well you're you're good you know um there's maybe better options at lower tier teams I guess you could say you know saw is maybe not the the big pretty marketing pick because if you don't watch Premier League or you don't really pay attention to, to Wolves, maybe you don't hear about them because, you know, they're not playing in Europe or anything. So, um, but at the same time, he's stopping balls from going in the net like he's supposed to do. Like, like all the time. <laughs> yeah. All the time. So, I don't know. It's unfortunate for him. I'm, I'm sure he would love to, you know, stake a place in the, in the national team. But, uh, Maybe after this game he'll he'll get another shot. Maybe we're promoting the hell out of him, so mm-hmm. maybe someone will finally listen to us. Uh, how bad did you want Chelsea to lose? Uh, look, it would have been great. <laughs> content, I, just, I, I think, yeah, the content would have been incredible. The <laughs> the meltdown of will Peach, Pochettino be able to stay or, or get the boot? You know, yeah, but. Uh, Luton uh, coming in into Chelsea. I think, you know, Luton's still trying to kind of uh, stabilize here in the, these first few games and, and find their footing in the Premier League. So to go away to Chelsea, regardless of the form Chelsea's been in, I yeah. think is always going to be a big big ask. Tough. Yeah. Sterling looked the most alive I've ever seen him. Yeah, that's what the commentators were saying. There's, you know, came in last year for a lot of money and almost did nothing. Maybe he had, but again, he had like one or two games like this game. They did yeah. happen, and then he was invisible. Um, I'd argue though he is probably going to have to be the leader, or at least the voice of this team. It's his third major Premier League club. He's won plenty of titles. He needs to come into Chelsea and kind of set a tone. So this was a good game to do that, of course. True. Against a team newly promoted, doesn't have a lot of uh, history and so much of a backbone for 
for the teams they're going up against. Um, yeah. Nick Jackson looked good. Uh, I'd be pretty happy with that. I, I think their their struggles is probably going to be in the midfield. Um, Enzo just doesn't. It's crazy how much money they spent on that guy. Yeah. Uh, their back line is old. Tiago, again, we're three games in and he already looks so tired. So I'm just like, what? <laughs> like, how is this man going to go a full season? He's the oldest player in the Premier League. Uh, <laughs> I, I just don't see that happening. And yes, he is quality. Yes, he is, you know, a very, very smart player. But father time is undefeated. We, we have sure, to remember yeah. that. And I just don't think he'll make it through the whole season because he's been injured plenty. Um, in the past, and I'll I'll be shocked if he makes it through, say February playing every game. It's just I, I think they got up, and if he's out, if Thiago's out, what do they do? Yeah, I don't know. That's a it's a scary question for for Chelsea because while they have you know thirty five players on their roster. A lot of it is very young and, and very uh, inexperienced, young. especially at, at a Premier League level. So, um, yeah, you, you lose a, a big leader like Tiago, or you know, even if Sterling goes out, like I think then you start to get to the the Chelsea of last season, where they just like don't know what to do because I think even quicker. Yeah, yeah. I it mean, just... even Caicedo doesn't look. Like the Brighton Caicedo, and yeah, small sample size, two games. But I, in the back of my head, I'm going, I'm kind of glad we got Endo, like a 30 yeah. year old proven defensive player Just in Germany who like doesn't lock it down. You yep, know? yep. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, Caicedo's certainly early. Um, great player. Not saying he isn't. I just, but again, it like what he he really popped off at Brighton for one season. One season, you know. And then made this big move, and even over that the course of that season, as you know, making the the Instagram posts of like I gotta leave because I gotta support my family and all this off fields noise. Um, like I think he's a good player. I don't know if he's definitely gonna be worth the price that Chelsea paid, and I just I don't know if he is the the pairing with Enzo, right? Like. You can spend all this money on these players, but they do have to mesh well together and, and have some chemistry and and work well. And it is early, but Enzo and Caicedo together, I don't know, is, is the move. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Um, and again, Enzo didn't really have a season where he proved he was worth the money. He had a World Cup yeah. with the GOAT. Yeah, just past Messi. <laughs> <laughs> I think I could get a huge transfer fee, Chad, if I passed the Messi. I'm sorry. Now I that think it's would be true. that would be an interesting uh, experiment. We need like some no name person to come through at, at Inter Miami now, and just your whole goal is to go out there, pass that ball to Messi. Well, uh, let's see what happens. There was like the undrafted. <laughs> Uh, forward from Penn State, they're like I don't remember his name. They're like oh, from Penn State, passing to Messi on the assist. I'm like that's crazy. <laughs> like dude is playing at Penn State, which isn't I, you know they're a good soccer team, but they're not the best in the country or anything. And no, yeah. Inter picked him up because he was cheap, probably making like forty five, fifty thousand a year, and passed to a guy who's probably making uh, that in Ugh. a week. Oh, not a, not even a week. Probably Less, like a yeah. day or two. 
crazy. Yeah, absolutely crazy. <laughs> um, all right, and then the last one we uh, we got to talk about here is just Brentford and Crystal. Um, I think two similar teams with kind of the same identity, um, mm. physical, defensive heavy. Uh, but the beautiful thing is Joakim Anderson played striker for about 10 seconds. Sheesh. The, the give and go, the shimmy shake, nutmeg the keeper. Um, nutmeg the keeper. I don't think he meant to do any of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think so, but... <laughs> You know, you take the goal where you can get it. I, I, I'm praising him, but now I'm going to like get real with him. The touch was terrible. <laughs> the run looked clunky. <laughs> he happened to slide and connect, and it just happened yeah. to go through. Uh, it was literally going to be he either slid and hit the ball, and in this case was perfectly to, to nutmeg the keeper, or he was going to slide and just take out the keeper and like maybe get a card for it <laughs> it could have gone either way and it probably did go either way in, in dr strange's multiverse um yeah. <laughs> I, again i don't really know what to say about brentford right now i think without tony they're an interesting team to watch with tony they're a team i want to watch i think i think that's yeah. the difference i i think for brentford right now i mean obviously you want to get as many points as you can but I think really the focus just has to be on like stability and getting through games and picking up points and like staying close enough into the table where they want to finish. So, I mean, you're, you're ninth right now off of one win and two draws, Mm -hmm. not a bad spot to hover. Um, I think you try and kind of float around there until Tony gets back. Um, if he comes back, I mean, I know a lot of teams might look at, at trying to, you know, buy him in January. Um, Where do you think I he'd mean, go? Where do you think he'd go? I, I don't know. I mean, I see his name thrown around at, like, Arsenal or Tottenham. Um, hmm. Tottenham makes the most sense right now, I guess, because they do need a striker. Yeah. Um, I think it is... He might find... It difficult to like go to another Premier League team just because he does have this like now a, a a betting charge against him that has you know forced him to stop playing so that might loom over his his transfer and I don't know if teams will want to take the risk of you know if he does it again or, or something True. similar um, yeah I mean I think Brentford will try and keep him just because they know he'll come in and at least score a handful of goals in that second half of the season. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Tottenham especially at least ask about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Richarlison's still not doing anything for him. Son is, is playing well, but not necessarily getting the goals. Um, they just don't really have a, a focal point of their attack right now, which... Um, you don't always need, but I think in this Tottenham team, you were kind of built around a focal point in Harry Kane, so yeah. you, you do kind of need someone to take over that role a little bit. And you know, Tony's that similar kind of build: tall, strong, quick, and uh, pretty pretty clinical with his finishing. So I think I think he'd fit in nicely there. I, I agree with that. And I don't think there's a lot of players on the market either that fit that role for what they want to do i mean tottenham had a good has a nice start so if they can keep the momentum going until january that wouldn't shock me at all sure, um, yeah. and then brentford you know they're still without ben me uh in the back they said he was going to come back he didn't 
So, yeah. again, they're just taking their time with him. I, I like to see what happens when he comes back as far as the stability for them. Um, they haven't looked terrible in the back line, but he's the captain. I mean, he's he's been yeah. around. He knows. He knows what he's doing. I, I think he, he's a little bit that, uh, that Tiago Silva for them where he's just like he's so experienced, especially in Premier League, especially in, in teams that will need to defend. Like, right. he can organize that back line really well. Um you know, and especially next to Pinnock, you know, we, we saw majority of last season when they were together. It was it's just so hard to get through them. Yep. Um, so I think he'll he'll come back. I think you know Brentford is probably just being cautious because you know you, you don't want to rush him back. He's he's definitely a little bit on the older side of his career. Um, yeah, I, th- I think like like I said, I think their game plan is just kind of. Let's just just find like a good groove, stick to that, and you know if we can win a game, cool. But like, let's just make sure we don't lose games. And they're doing that. Yeah, so far so good. They're they're, <laughs> they're one of uh, six teams who haven't lost a game yet, so they're in a good spot. And then lastly, uh, Villa. Uh, oh. I think after that first game, they're starting to click a little bit. Things mm-hmm. are happening. Runs are being made. Ollie Watkins might not be scoring, but he's assisting. He's finding yeah. the weak side runners. I mean, Matty Cash, he's Matty coming Cash. in hot. Polish king, Matty Cash. Yeah, man, he was he was running <laughs> quick. And, uh, you know, the first goal that they had, it, I think Ollie did screw up his touch. Mm-hmm. Bumped it a little too far. But, hey, he he's a fast man. He caught up yeah. to it, popped it up over the top. It, it did bring the keeper out quite a bit, too. Yeah. Um, I'm sure it threw the keeper off. That that touch was so heavy. Um, I'm sure Ollie will say, "Oh yeah, I did that on purpose." Why would you yeah. not? Uh, but Villa, I mean, they're they're starting to move now. Momentum's there. They didn't have Emmy. Uh, Emmy's hurt right now. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see what that looks like because he is a, he is vital to that team. Yeah. Oh, certainly. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah. They look like they're getting everything together. I mean, that that Newcastle game, I think, was. Maybe just as much of a shock to them as it was to us. Um, you know, I, I think they probably would have thought they could compete a little bit better with, you know, a, a top team. Um, but yeah, I, I, they looked good this game. They're looking quick and uh, making some good good plays. And um, you know, yeah, it, it was just Burnley, but they they kept them in check. You know, it's easy to underestimate a team and, and have them run over you like Brighton might have done. But, yeah. uh, yeah, I, I think Villa's kind of falling into their, uh, their, like, same sort of area as last season where, like, people just kind of forget about them and, like, overlook them a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then they, they spring on them because they are quick. They they have a lot of good players and, you know, Unai Emery loves a, 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 a game with multiple goals as long as he's on the winning side of it so <laughs> and their injury list right now is huge um they have a lot of players set to come back set to come back in september um the likes of jacob ramsey philip coutinho uh emmy should hopefully be back soon um so it will be i don't know pay attention to them that's that's all i'm saying and you know with ming's not there for the whole year it it'll be shocking if they still can hold a top seven six spot um, but I wouldn't count them out. I, w- I really wouldn't. I think they have enough quality to keep them up and, and and contest with those other teams. Yeah, for sure. 
All right, we did it. We went through all our teams here. Uh, next weekend, Sunday is the day that we're going to have to be watching games. Uh, Palace and Wolves, fine. Oh. Liverpool, Ashton Villa. And then we got Arsenal and United right after. So those Jeez. I'm going we're going back to back on those. Um, okay. those are the two. And then we got Brighton Newcastle too on Saturday. Yeah. That's our that's our afternoon game. So I'm I'm looking forward to those. Those are my big ones. Um Nice, yeah. Yeah, Super Sunday, if you will. For sure. <laughs> Does football start? No, not yet. I think the following week. Following one. Right. Okay. So then we go on our international break after this weekend as well. Mm-hmm. Um and hopefully no one gets injured out there because that would be yeah. that would be a bummer. All right, Chad, let's do our let's do our nominations here. Yeah. Uh, team. I think it's got to be West Ham. You're going West Ham, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay. I thought I thought about Liverpool. It's a great comeback. But West Ham was just we had them pegged for relegation, and here <laughs> they are at number two. <laughs> All right, all right. Hang on. So we, we we did say. I mean, I was. Think, I don't know. Did I put it on paper that Brighton was title favorites? I might have. I might have done it. I don't know if you did title favorites, but I thought it. I definitely. They thought were definitely. It. Yeah, they were definitely a, a you know, a, a dark horse threat for the title. I thought it. I thought it before Saturday. <laughs> um. Okay. If you're not gonna say Liverpool, oh, Chad, you're not gonna say Liverpool. We gave it to Liverpool last year. Do you remember? Or they beat Castle. We did. <laughs> That's tough. That's tough. All right. I okay. You know what? West Ham was the team of the week, but Darwin was the player of the week. I have one argument for you. H- hit me. We got to split the player of the week with Saw and Darwin. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Two vastly different positions. Yeah. Um, I think that's totally fair. I, I, I really, if you would have said Liverpool gets team of the week, I would have said Saw was my player. So <laughs> uh, we agree to disagree, and then we agree again. This is how we yeah. do it. Um, yeah. I will give um, you know shout outs to Sterling. Got mm-hmm. the two goals, three shots on target. Bowen, Jared Bowen, everyone's favorite. Uh, one goal, one assist, two shots on target. Like he made my list, but. After Saw's game and after Darwin's game, there was just you can't you can't take away from them. <laughs> I mean, if Nunez plays that whole game, he was on target to score eighteen goals. So, <laughs> no, I mean, can't you can't deny that? So <laughs> yeah, it's simple. It's simple math, Chad. Yeah, come on, S- simple math. Um, okay, then goal, goal, goal of the week. Um, this I, one was a little bit tough for me, honestly. It was for me too. I think. Nunez is first mm-hmm. is up there because of the control he had to he he had to understand where that ball was going to bounce to and then you know he'd been on the field for how many minutes at that point not a lot <laughs> four yeah yeah I, I think I mean I could take either one of Nunez's goal um I'm I, in my head. They're kind of like a package deal, honestly. Like oh, side by side. I, I, they're just like the same goal, and while the second one, I guess, has a little bit more weight contextually because it's the winner. Yep. Um, that first goal, you know, came right away and out of not nothing, but you know, you're you're the team a man down, so like you're not expected to really threatened like that and for him to come on and you know we've seen him 
miss plenty of, of open shots and, and hit this nice cross goal shot. I, I could take both. I, I could find a way to argue for both um, if we decide on just one. If you want to do a side-by-side, -side, that, that works just as well for me. I'd argue the celebration was better on the second. Because certainly, yes, certainly. The kiss, the wink, <laughs> the, the, the crowd of fans flipping him oh, off was geez. just a beautiful image. Um, I, I, I think we just give him goal of the week, and then we'll see if we can do some type of side-by-side -side thing. Uh, I, I do want to give shout-outs to Pereira, though, even though commentator said that wasn't his... Uh, he's, uh, he meant it. He did what he did. He did what he wanted to do, and he scored it. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Polina goal too, uh, for for context wise, um, and then even the Anderson goal. Hey man, you don't yeah. see you don't see center backs doing give and goes in the other team's box and and Megan a keeper. Yeah. I had him on my list too. You know, it's as much as he maybe didn't mean to do much of it. It it all worked out, and you know, ends with a, a important goal to get your team a point. So. He was there. Um, Jared Bowen's goal was really nice. His mm. control to bring that ball down was top tier. Um, and then Matty Cash's second goal. Um, he does like a little like give and go and then slots at home. So a handful of good goals this week, but I think just the, that context of, of Darwin's goals are just considering the competition, how long they had been down a man. You know, it should have been an easy win for Newcastle, and Darwin almost alone said, "No, sir." <laughs> I still can't believe they won that game. Ridiculous. <laughs> I can't believe I like left too, and like was like, "Ah, yeah. it's probably <laughs> over." It's like, um, all right, we'll see what we can do with that. But yeah, Darwin, Darwin will get this award. We'll we'll just say it like that. Uh, oh, Antonio, Mikel Antonio's goal too was sick. Yeah. yeah ah, yeah. damn. Yeah, I mean, I think this is the one where the context just just takes the. It doesn't matter. Takes the lead, yeah. Yep. Um, all right, cool. We'll roll with that. I, I do want to do a quick non EPL news. Um, our boy Pulisic scoring two goals in yeah. two games for AC. Screw you, Chelsea. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's loving that Milan life. So keep it going. I mean, I don't like AC Milan, but hey, I like our boy. Whatever keeps yeah. him fit and in shape and scoring goals to keep his confidence exactly. up, I'm for it. And That's then uh, Lukaku going to Roma. Is that confirmed? or I, I, I believe it is because um, I saw photos of him in Mourinho. Oh, nice. Um, so you know what? Probably a good home for him. Yeah, they agreed to it an hour ago. Um, $5 million loan. So he might be back with Chelsea next year. <laughs> Probably. Uh, <laughs> So this will be the third team now he's been with Mourinho. Um, I can't say Mourinho's brought out the best in him, no. but at least they're familiar with each other. So I don't think he's going to get booed like crazy at Roma. Like Juventus straight up was like, yeah, no. Like, yeah. don't even, that's crazy. Fans have that much power to basically <laughs> tell manager, like, don't even, don't even dare. Um, but yeah. All right. Lukaku back in Syria. See what happens. Yeah, all right. All right, Chad, with that, is there anything else you want to add, note, subtract? Um, I just, we got to talk real quick about Mike Dean. Oh, yes, that's right, that's right, that's right. Um, did you see any of this, or? I saw, he said he wouldn't do that to his mate, 
right? Yeah. To bring, so, to bring so him down to VAR. Basically, the, the conversation was around um, last season, Chelsea versus Tottenham. Kukurea gets his hair pulled. Mm. Um, and um, he said, I didn't want to send Anthony Taylor to the screen. I didn't want to send him up because he is a mate as well as a referee. And I didn't want any more grief than he already had. So right off the bat, that sounds like he was having a bad day. I don't want to make it worse. I'm not going to make him reverse the decision he's made or, you know, make this this game-defining decision of sending someone off. So then he goes on to, uh, to Soccer Saturday, and they're kind of grilling him about it. And he basically, like, paraphrasing, but he basically says... He doesn't feel like the hair pull was violent conduct. Oh, what does he? What does um, it feel like? What, what does he think it is? <laughs> Didn't really say, but uh, but he does agree he should have sent Anthony Taylor to the monitor to look at it. So he's like taking blame, but also kind of not deflecting uh, a little bit. Yep. And and he's saying by the word mates, he doesn't mean as like we're friends. So I didn't want to go against my friend. He was using that in the sense of like colleague. But still, is it not your job to, as as VAR that day, you know, direct your your friend, colleague, coworker, partner, whatever you want to call it on the day, to the screen to, uh, you know, potentially adjust the on-field call or, you know, uh, get the call right. Like that's what VAR should be doing. Is is giving the on-field ref the tools and the opportunity to see something again to make the the right decision. He still kind of skirts around it, you know. Um, He made some comments about, like, the VARs don't want to send the ref to the screen, like, multiple times in a game because then they feel like it makes the on-field ref look like they don't know what they're doing. It's an ego. This is such an ego thing. (laughs) But, yeah, like, like... Sometimes they don't know what yeah, they're doing. Like they've clearly seen it. <laughs> this is—it's there to assist. It's not. Yeah. It's a tool. This is a yeah. this is a tool. If you're a, a workman, you use your tools to make your job better. They're mm. they're thinking this as a I don't want to say a punishment, but a um. Yeah, they're, they're like playing, basically taking it as a punishment. Like they're taking it as like, oh, I messed up, and now like everyone's going to see that I messed up because if I go up there and, you know, reverse the call. Refs um, have the biggest egos in the world. They just don't yeah. think they can be wrong. And there's there's always going to be human error in any sport as oh, long yeah. as there is a human being in charge. And the fact that some of these mates can't get this through their head that it's okay to mess up as long as you have proof or at least you'll, you'll be accepting to to uh, the right call. Maybe not, maybe, maybe not the right call, but at least a... a a different call that you didn't see. Um, yeah. We've seen VAR mess up plenty of times, and you're like, oh my god, like VAR did not yeah. make the right call here, but um, at least it stepped in. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so... That's wild. I mean, I don't know if anything will come of these comments. My thinking of where we need to move here is like, I think if it goes to VAR review enough to where the ref gets called over, um, they play that audio over over the the tv and stuff right Mm. like not not in stadium i get that that's a lot that's too much although i wouldn't mind the like women's world cup um Mm -hmm. you know ref explains the var call afterwards but i think if it goes to var review with with the ref at the screen you just play the audio between 
both sides. Makes it much more clear of, of what they're looking at, what the issue might be. I know it's not maybe great TV as they're asking you to like rewind it and play it at the end, but like makes it more clear. Um, but also like VAR is supposed to be objective, right? So like, why are we using the same refs that ref the games, you know, week in and week out? Like, should it not just be like a kind of a third party group that like this is what they're trained on, this is what they do? I am a VAR official or whatever you want to call it. Most sports do it like that. I think because it's so new, um, they haven't figured out the right way to go about it yet. Mm-hmm. And and maybe there's a, sh- I don't want to say there's a shortage, but maybe there's not enough referees can who can do this side job. I mean, it's so new, right? Yeah. They, they need to build up a, um, a, a community of referees who just strictly do this. So I, I think it's possible to get there. Yeah. Uh, I do think it's just very biased that you have refs buddying up on certain things and it, it does not the integrity of of what var is supposed to be is not uh accurate to what we are seeing mm-hmm. um i mean could you imagine listening to those those video calls and be like well i don't know what to do here like yeah you fucked mate <laughs> what, i mean that, that might happen I, I, I like i get it but like at the same time that should kind of be uh, a big reason why both on field and var refs get better right because yep if, if you're already feeling some sort of like shame or whatever of going over to the monitor and reversing the call you made like now yeah if you guys are on conversation recorded and you're being like i don't know what i'm doing like then you're really going to feel some shame and, and and get some some weird looks after the fact but i don't know i get there's like a whole protection of refs in there too but like i think it, it's especially in the world of of soccer and, and football there's a lot of like gray area to a lot of the rules mm-hmm. where it, it would help to have that communication of like what you're seeing that is the issue and why it's a foul rather than just like not sending them up because you don't want them to feel bad or they go up make the opposite decision but you know there's no explanation for for any viewer the, the only thing i compare this to is I guess for a track that they could go on is what the NBA does. Whenever there's a video review, um, they bring in a, 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 a head specialist of video replay. Um, I believe his name is Dr. Joe. Uh, why, why that's his name, I don't know. I don't know what exactly he's a doctor in. But he's explaining what the referees are seeing and likely are going to, to judge their call based on player X, player Y, and like what's happening in situation Z. So he's giving commentary off. And I understand the commentators are at least saying what they think, but they're not, that's not their job. They're not referees. This is a head referee of the, um, it's not the union of refs, but it's basically, he's in charge of all the referees. He's the guy they have to go to. He is the boss man. And he's explaining on national television what they are likely seeing. He might not be right, but he's usually pretty close. Um, I feel like that's that's what Mike Dean should be doing. He should be yeah. talking to uh, the viewer, saying what his crew is seeing and what yeah, the yeah. likely outcome will be. There's maybe been one or two times when I've been watching and and doc, I'm gonna have to look up his name. Doctor Joe has been wrong, so he's like, "Wow, like I wonder what they saw there." We'll have to go back and look. Um, <laughs> but you know, just just more clarity, more transparency. Let us see what exactly is happening uh, in real time. Yeah, and what they're thinking it would just go so so far for us yeah i mean all the all the fans and players and coaches just want you know a fair game so for them to 
constantly come out and issue these apologies of like, yep, we missed that, sorry. It's like, that doesn't do enough because Mm -hmm. that's potentially three points, which at one end could be the title and at the other end could be a relegation, you know? Yep. So, still needs work. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like we say that every every year. I feel like we have a segment when I've done this for one year, but it feels like every freaking year we have to talk about this and say what is wrong with it and how they can fix it. So, um, all right, yeah, I see that article was released just a couple days ago about the, the that situation between Mike Dean and Anthony Taylor. So, yeah, we'll see what happens after that. Yeah. Who, who's Anthony Taylor refing this weekend, do you know? No, I don't. Right, I'm going to check that out real quick. I don't actually know where you can find that. Yeah, I've never really looked. But um, maybe on EPL website? I don't know. Yeah, I'll do I'll do a little bit of research when I'm checking out games this weekend. Um, Anthony Taylor. Oh, okay. Then I, Anthony Taylor, man, he he drove me crazy this last week. <laughs> Always he, does. It's just it's just ongoing with him. I just there was a time I think someone was trying to talk to him. And he just straight put his hand up in their face and was just like it just looked like this. And the players just like I think he like tried to like go around his hand or something like that. And it was super funny. I'll try to find the clip. Uh, so yeah, well, yeah. Enough said. Enough said. <laughs> All right, Chad. With that, yeah. Episode forty-three. Yeah. I think we're there, man. They're getting hard to count. We're going to stop counting eventually. <laughs> um, yeah, all right. Next weekend, we'll be around. I think we'll be back to recording on Sundays. Uh, oh, good. Normal life is back to normal, like uh, like we said. And should be fun. Week four. And then we get a little break. A little break, yeah. And then uh, Champions League right around the corner, which we're going to well, be yeah, running. Thursday. Um, the, the draw. Champions League draw. Yep. So. Looking forward to that. I hope we get a nice... Uh, well, I guess I hope Inter gets a nice easy pot. See, it, we'll see you next year if you're Liverpool. Yeah. Who are you hoping to get? Not Bayern. It, Bayern's definitely gonna happen at some point. <laughs> it's just, it's just written in the, the Champions wait. League. That'd be a book. great game. That'd be yeah. a great game. All right. Well, with that, we will uh, we'll catch you next Sunday. All right, Chad. Talk to you later.